familiar portion of scripture, at least to me. But I am teaching, and some people may not like it, but I'm teaching out of the paraphrase just to shake us out of our comfort zones. Amen. Sometimes we see things a little differently when the scripture hits us in a way that we have maybe not memorized and grown accustomed to. Sometimes things become familiar and we are not able to see exactly what God is saying. So reading out of the uh, New Living Translation, Philippians 4, 14 through 20, the word of God reads, even so you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. That's not right. Epaphroditus. Yes. Oh, Lord, I messed that up. (laughs) Yeah, not even going to try. All right. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. We know that scripture, don't we? Which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to speak to you today from the sermon title, Worshiping by Giving. Worshiping by Giving. How many people know that when you give is a form of worship? Amen? Amen. Now, I don't remember in all my years of preaching, and I've been preaching for a while now, I don't preach money sermons. <laughs> if you've been with me for a while, we do not focus on prosperity, money cometh. <laughs> you know, types of sermons, you know. Jesus told me to give you a plain, you know. God has been faithful to this church through our ups and downs. Amen. He has met every need. He's just faithful, and we are simply grateful. So I just don't harp on finances and all that kind of stuff. I just don't. Some people tell me I should teach more on it, and, you know, maybe I should. But the deal is is that God has been good to us. Now, let me say this. You should give to your church. It's not wrong to give of your finances to your local assembly. If you're a member here or attending here on a regular basis, you should give to support the ministry where you are being fed the word of God, where you are growing in Christ, where, you know, give to the church. You know, for those of you online, wherever you are, give to the churches that are consistently challenging you to be more like Jesus. Amen. And give to the church where you are receiving love and enjoying Christ-like fellowship. These things are biblical and right. Amen. 
But I don't want to focus on giving to the church organization today. I want to focus on giving to the body of Christ. Amen? Giving to the specific needs of people. Mm. Folks that you're in relationship with, members of your family, associates at work, your neighbor, your church members. Amen? I'm not talking about um, you know, giving to the institution. What I'm talking about is, you know, giving out of, be- out of obedience to God to someone that you know that has a need. When the Holy Spirit prompts you to move in this area, we, you, me, we, I, we all need to respond. Amen? Amen. So I want to just kind of give you a little picture of somewhat of a contrast of what Jesus is talking about here. Something that he pointed out um, when someone asked him a question. There was a man who was considered a Jewish expert. And the Bible reads in the King James Version, it says that he was there to test Jesus. Okay? Tempt Jesus or test Jesus, trick Jesus. Amen? And he was a religious expert, which means, you know, he knew the law. That means he's a Jew. And so Jesus asked uh, this man asked Jesus, rather, what he could do to inherit inter- eternal life. Amen. And Jesus told him to love God and to love his neighbor as himself. Now, that happened a couple of times, but the, the explanation that God gave was different in different circumstances. So the man said, okay, love God, love my neighbor. He asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? Amen. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, who was that, Jesus? Who was my neighbor? And so Jesus proceeds to tell this man a story about a man who was robbed, beaten, left for dead on the side of the road. And in Luke 10, 31 and 35, Luke 10, 31 35, there's this man who is, like I said, robbed and beaten. He's half dead. And Jesus says in verse 31, by chance a priest came along, underline priest. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Next person, verse 32. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, same man, about to die left for dead, but he also passed on the other side. So what you got here is a priest and a temple worker. You got that? Someone in need is on the road and the priest and the temple worker are doing whatever they can to avoid the situation. They Decided, they made a decision not to help. Now they have something in common. Priest and temple worker. These are religious people. Okay? So let's move it up to 2023. The pastor and the church volunteer. The administrative assistant, the choir director, the 
usher, whatever, one of the deacons, however you want to put it. They see a need and they do whatever they can to put distance. Not Siri. Computer's going off. They do whatever they can to put distance between themselves and this need. And now Jesus presents the contrast in verse 33. Then a despised Samaritan, someone who's not considered to be a religious expert, someone who's not considered to be one of the church folks. A Samaritan comes along, and when he sees the man, he feels compassion for him. You see it? And in verse 34, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and, and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. And in verse 35 is what I want you to pay attention to. The next day, he handed the innkeeper. Okay, so he takes him to the Hilton. Says, listen, I got a man that needs help in my Lexus. <laughs> and uh, I want you to let him stay here. Okay? And he tells the innkeeper, listen, here's two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. And if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Wow. So right off the bat, what I want you to see is that this is a rebuke, not so much of the church but of folks in the church who are religious but very sinful. Point number 1A. I got points this time. When we look back at our first verse, we see Philippians 4.14, it says, Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Point number 1A, be ready to give. Be ready to give. Even so you have done well to share with me, verse 14 says. You see it? Philippians 4, 14. Let's go. Notice that he said, be ready to give. He said, in my present difficulty. Notice the Samaritan in the story before, he was not even willing to help another Jew. So this is not a racist issue. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But it seems to be that there are religious folks who have titles in the church, who are too busy to help one of their own. Okay? Readiness to give. Amen? Not waiting for another time when someone, you know, you know, I can help you a little bit later, but right now, your present difficulty happens to be very inconvenient for me. So I'm not ready to give. Are you hearing me? Uh-huh. So Paul says to that the Philippians uh, somehow found out that he was in trouble, he was in jail, that he was dealing with some hard times, and they immediately responded with a gift. Are you hearing that? They were ready to enter into his present difficulty. Are you seeing it? Amen? He said, you've done well. He said, you've done well. You're able to enter into my present difficulty. So here, go to uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 7. 2 Corinthians 8 and 7. The word of God reads, Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love 
from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. You see it? We can be church busy. Are you hearing me? Full of titles and responsibilities and bypass the command of God to help somebody in need. You can be gifted and not necessarily be a giver. Are you hearing me? You got the temple worker and we got the priest and they are headed to the conference. Because <laughs> T.D. Jakes is in town. And we just got to get there because I got to serve. I've got things to do for God. And on my way, I see somebody with a real need. And I make decisions to avoid helping someone. Wow. Point 1B. Never become tired of giving. Never become tired of giving. Now, take me to the 16th verse, 416. Philippians 416. It says, even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. You see that? More than once. They gave it more than once. Say that with me. More than once. Say it again. More than once. Now, you know you have folks in your life that always seem to have issues and need help from you. <laughs> Truth is, you helped them last month, and now it's the first. <laughs> and here they come again. And when those times happen, we can get a little sinful. For Let's be honest. Come on, can, I get, can we get delivered today? We can get a little sinful, you know, so-and-so coming to church, you know, and we try to sit in different places. <laughs> Hoping they don't see you. You normally sit in this area the whole time and this particular Sunday because sister so-and-so is coming looking for you and you know they're coming looking for you up there with Keisha. <laughs> sitting in the balcony. You're tempted to sit in another area because, you know... There's church folks that are coming looking for you and you've never sat there before. You know, God kept them saved one more week just so they can come see you. Hey, Brother Hawkins. Hey, Brother Hawkins. Brother Hawkins, that's, I need some more money in the Greek. Hey, Brother Hawkins. Can I help you? Brother Hawkins needs to help. Can I, Brother Hawkins, that, Brother Hawkins, where are you going? <laughs> Some of us were even happy when the pandemic broke out because folks couldn't notice who we were. <laughs> we had to wear a mask. <laughs> Hiding from folks. Because <laughs> here they come. But see here, it's not like the Philippians church. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. Never get tired of giving. Are you hearing me? Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Galatians 6, 9, and 10. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, 
whenever we have the opportunity. Whenever we have the opportunity, you see it? We should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. That's the word. Amen. So Paul was in trouble quite a few times. And what we see is that the church of Philippi were ready to give and keep giving and keep giving and keep giving. Amen. There was no church institution at that time. There was no church building. There was no, you know, benevolence fund. It was just people helping other folks when they got in trouble. Now, of course, he is preaching the gospel, and that is what we should be supporting. But if we break that down, Paul is just a human being just like the rest of us. And he got in some trouble, and they saw a need, and they gave. Amen? Point two. There is a reward for giving. There is a reward for giving. Now take me to verse 17. Philippians 4, 17. Paul says, I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Okay? He says, rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Huh. Interesting. I'm glad that you gave me a gift. But I'm glad not for my sake. I'm actually glad for your sake. Interesting. This kindness that you are showing will stand greatly to your credit in the sight of God. Their generosity in the Philippians church made Paul glad, but not because he was receiving something. It made Paul glad because they were giving something. Interesting. And he was saying, I'm happy for you. What? What's going on here? Philippians 4, 17, same scripture. Give me that in the King James. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Something's happening that we might not be able to see. Are you hearing me? Fruit. Fruit of the Spirit, looking like Jesus, behaving like Jesus, that may abound, bring everlasting, timeless, incorruptible riches to what? Your account. We got accounts, y'all. Did you know that? Oh! I need you to see something, saints. Something in heaven is being calculated on your behalf. Something in heaven is being stored up for you and me. God is adding something to your account, something like holy credits. I don't know what it is because nobody's come back and told us. But something is happening in the, in the heavenly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Where there's something going into our credits, something that's going into our accounts. Paul's joy is not in what it did for him but his joy is in what it did for them. Are you hearing me, saints? We give to those in need, but we benefit just as much as the receiver. Are you hearing me? Point 2B. Here's where we go. 
Giving is a form of worship. Giving is a form of worship. Take me to verse 18, Philippians 4, 18. Very simple. Don't talk about it much, but straightforward. Let let me see by a show of hands. How many people give to the church on a regular basis? Okay, good. So I'm not talking about the priest and the temple worker mentality, which we, we give to the church. I'm talking about giving to people. I want to make sure you understand that. Okay? This is different. Okay? Verse 18. At the moment, I have all I need and more. He reiterates, you know what? I'm good. Thank you for noticing that I was in trouble and giving to my need. But actually, I'm okay. You see what's happening here? Paul says, thanks for giving, but I'm all right. I am generously supplied with the gifts. Uh Uh-oh, watch this. You sent me. So there it is again. Proof that they they sent it over and over again. Okay? I'm generously supplied with the gifts that you sent me from Epaphroditus. Got it. (laughs) Now, here's the worship part. The gifts, they are a sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Did you know that? Remember when in the Old Testament when they would burn sacrifices and there would be a pleasing aroma to God? Not who he said that was a sweet smelling savor? When you give, God says, oh, somebody, somebody smells good. Did you know that? Did you see? That's why we got to Take it sometimes in a different translation so we can actually see the connections a little bit different, okay? They are. Your gifts are. When I get, hey, man, can you spot me $5? Yeah. I want to please the Lord. I'd like to smell good today. <laughs> we put on all this cologne and perfume and come, come on, some of the ladies be like, <laughs> we come to church thinking we smell good and God is like, no, not quite. Because you done passed up some giving opportunities to, to look like Jesus. And actually, you're not smelling so hot right now. Jesus says when you give to people's needs, it's a pleasing aroma, a sacrifice. Every time you give to somebody who has a need, God himself notices. Whoa! You want to get God's attention? Give. Oh, it's quiet in here. That's good. You guys are learning. That's good. This is pleasing to God. But if that pleases God, in the Old Testament, when you had to burn the sacrifices, how much more are we pleasing God under this new covenant of grace when we are obedient to God and we do what God says with our finances? Giving to someone else's need is a way of presenting yourself, watch this, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. I am becoming a sacrifice. By giving to somebody else. Amen? Are you hearing me? When we think of how good God has been to us, and how, how can we not be good to somebody else? Come on, let, let's, just, let's just go back a minute. Sinners on the way to hell, out of our mind, 
having a good time on the way to meet the devil. No clue, no word, no nothing. You know, just foolish and sinful. God reaches down into whatever we were doing, doesn't trip off of what we were doing, so much so that he can't love us back into a relationship with him, forgives us of all of our sin, wipes out our debt completely, never brings it up again, never talks about it again, considers us righteous just because of Jesus Christ, huh? tells us we go going to heaven, and then puts money in your account for acting like Jesus. And then we can't decide to give somebody else some finances, some help. And the truth is, God has been good to us. Come on. Think that through. Point number three. Here comes the temptation. Giving in hard times. Giving in hard times. This is the one. Talking about being, you know, you, were, you did good. You've done well. You were with me to, and you shared with me in my present difficulty. You were, like I said, ready to give, right? So here we go. Giving in hard times. What is the one, what is the one thing that gets in the way when it comes to us giving some, to somebody? You know, I'm going through. Uh, <laughs> this is not a great time for me. <laughs> That's real. Because we're not just serving the Lord without the devil messing with us. We're not serving with the Lord without people messing with us. We're not serving the Lord without the government and everything else that tries to come against us. We're not serving the Lord without the IRS breathing down our neck. We're not serving the Lord, come on, let's just be real, without, you know, the landlord raising the rent. We're not serving the Lord like we ain't living in California. Let's just be real. We're not serving the Lord where the job is looking at you like we're going to get rid of this whole department and maybe you might survive. I don't know. As Pastor Rick says, it's not in a vacuum. Okay? This is, this, there's some things that we're dealing with. So the temptation is not to give in hard times. Let me tell you something that happened. I'm talking about me. God placed me in a rather interesting situation that came out of nowhere. I never saw it coming. Last week, I was put in a situation that money alone could not fix. Mm -mm. You could have given me a million dollars and still wouldn't have worked it out. Okay? I was placed in a situation. I needed a very specific blessing at a very, a very specific amount of time for a certain amount of time, and I needed it right away. I needed a very specific blessing for a certain amount of time, and I needed it right away. That's what I came into, okay? And if I didn't get it, then the truth of the matter is my family would actually experience some very, very hardship kind of, kind of situations. It, it, just, it just happened out of, I never saw this coming. I'm telling you the truth. That happened a couple, like last week, okay? Now, watch this. A month before that, maybe a month and a change, a little, little bit of change, someone called me from a completely different state. And they said, I have a need, Jamie. And it wasn't an immediate need. It was just something that they were going to need eventually. And, you know, and they phrase it like, you know, if you can help. You know how people are. You know, thank you so much. If you can't, I totally understand. You know, you know. But I felt the Lord leading me, 
Give to this person and give to them right now. Okay? Now, they said that they would call me back and let me know how much money they needed. Well, I needed a specific dollar amount. Well, I don't know what to give. Just tell me what, you know, what the situation is. They didn't call. But the Holy Spirit just kept tugging at me. Call them. Wait a minute, Lord. You know how we do. They're the one with the need. And if they need, then they should be calling me. The Lord was like, do what I tell you, Jamie. I could just feel it in my spirit. Like, get up, send a text message, email, whatever you got to do. Call them back and say, excuse me, I asked you a while ago how much you needed me to give. And you did not respond. What is the amount? So, I gave the money. They said, thank you. They said, Jamie, don't worry about it. I'm good for it. I just need about, you know, about a month and I'll pay you back. The Holy Spirit started tugging again. I didn't say, Jamie, give them a loan. I said, give them a gift. Okay? All right. So the Holy Spirit is just dealing with me and moving me in a certain direction. And like I said in the very beginning of the sermon, when God is prompting you to move in this area, you must respond. Okay? Now, here's the thing. Back to the present time last week. I never knew or thought in a million years that in just a few days later, there was going to be signs, you know, that look like, "Uh uh-oh, something's coming. (laughs) I'm about to be in a situation. This is going to hurt me and my family. I got kids, y'all. You follow me? I got a wife and kids. This is going to hurt our situation. And, and here's the thing. You know, it, there were hints that said, you know, this, this situation is possibly not going my way. I never thought that I would be in this situation. And it's now looking like, I, you know, I, I'm probably not going to be able to get around it. And when that happens, saints, you know what we do. We tighten up. Jamie, I need something. Uh, So when people come asking you for money <laughs> and you're giving in a situation that's considered a hard time or when bad times happen, you know, we instantly say, you know, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, this is just not a good time, okay? What I'm trying to say to you people is that what we're really saying to God in this moment is that we're headed into a storm, Lord, and I can see it. And I really don't trust you enough to get me out of this. So I'm not going to give. But the Holy Spirit kept prompting me. You saw the signs. You read it. You just thought it wouldn't happen. And now it's here. And now you need a very specific miracle for a very specific amount of time. And you need it right now. Okay. So, here's the thing. This is what we call a test, saints. Okay? God wants to bless somebody through you. But here's the thing. You never know when it's going to be your turn. When you need a blessing. And when I tell you, saints, 
I made a phone call. The Lord said, call this person. See, I'm not saying to you the Lord speaks sonically. But he does unction in your spirit. And he said, and he said call this person. And I, the very person I called said, isn't that interesting? I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do with this situation here. And it just seemed to perfectly fit in your situation for the exact amount of time that I needed it. I could not, but I just cried. I said, my God, you are real and you exist and you are faithful and I'm so glad I listened to you because I did not know that next month it was going to be my turn. I'm the one that's in need now. And God supplied it. Like the Philippians church, we need to be ready to look like Jesus no matter what. To be like Jesus. See, here's the thing. Philippi was a colony, a Roman colony. And what they did is they would go over certain areas and conquer certain lands. And they would make those places a colony. And so what ended up happening is a lot of time retired soldiers, veterans from the Roman Empire would actually end up having family members come down to these areas where they had conquered these areas. Okay? So they're living amongst foreigners and they would take, you know, now that Rome is running the place, those people in that area would, you know, they'd come there and they would never forget that they were Romans. They dressed like Romans. They spoke the language. They, you know, their magistrates and their government and all those officials, even though they are miles and miles away from Rome, they never ever forgot that they were Romans. So here's the thing, saints. No matter what you're dealing with, never forget that you are a child of the king and a citizen of the kingdom. Are you hearing me? So what we are going through is just test, but no matter how far away it looks like God is from us, woo-hoo, we act like Jesus no matter what. So when the test came, Jamie, give. Not alone. Give. That's what you do. Are you hearing me? We represent the kingdom in every situation. We stay calm and we trust God. Now here's the last scripture. The Philippians church was not a rich church. They didn't have a lot of money. Okay? but they're giving out the goodness and kindness of their heart. Point number four, God promises, God has a, rather, God's promise rather to those that give. Sorry, God's promise to those that give. Verse 19, those that give to God in this way, he promises that he's gonna take care of you. Watch this, verse 19. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, we often quote this, in my God, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But do we realize that the context of this scripture, okay, because we cannot divorce that scripture from the other scriptures around it, okay? We cannot isolate it. Do you realize that the context of that particular scripture, that very famous scripture that we quote, is talking about the fact that there was some giving that was done first? Oh. Are you hearing that? That whole passage is talking about giving to others. 
Now, we get into a situation, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Of course, because there's been some giving that you've been doing. Oh, we like to just throw that out of thin air. But the truth of the matter is, if we're being biblical students here and we're looking at this Bible, it's talking about a Philippians church who was giving to someone else's need. Amen? And then trusting. Paul is saying, I have no doubt that God is going to bless you. Amen? We can't divorce it from its context. It basically states that the Philippians church were doing some heavy giving and God promises that he will supply whatever need no matter what they were dealing with, Paul assured him, assured the church that, listen, God notices your giving. And because he notices your giving, God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Now, here's the thing. We just found out that God is pleased with the smell of our sacrifice in this area. Amen? Amen. So we're going around quoting this promise, but we have to ask ourselves a question. What are we doing before the promise? Oh, uh-huh. William McDonald says it this way. In this last sentence, Paul lays it down that no gift ever made anyone poor. Okay? Are you hearing me? The wealth of God is open to those who love him and love their neighbors. That's what he's saying. He said, those who give make themselves richer. Okay, this is just what he's saying. Okay, God gives us gifts, amen, and we are to use those gifts not just for ourselves, but to help people in need. Amen, amen. And it's all from his riches and glory. Now, here's the thing, saints, we say that, but do you really know what that means? He's saying, do you have any clue of just how rich God really is? <laughs> supply all your needs according to how much God already has. Now when you think about it saints think about it like this it's all from his riches and glory. His riches are limitless. His riches are infinite. God promises that he will meet your every need no matter how large, no matter how desperate your situation is, no matter how hopeless it looks God can do it because he's nowhere near broke. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> We're the ones going around, oh God, how am I going to make it? And God is saying, do you know how rich I am? Are you hearing me say? Do you remember the, the widow with Elijah? Her and her son, they got one more meal left. Elijah comes knocking on her door <laughs> when they got one more meal left. Talk about giving hard times. And he says the craziest thing. He says, oh, you know, I'm a man of God. I'm a prophet, you know. Me and God, we cool. So listen, I know you only got one sandwich up in there. Why don't you hand that sandwich over to me? And she's like, uh, dude, <laughs> do you realize that we don't have anything else to eat after this? He's like, yeah, I do. But I'm a man of God. I'm a prophet. And I, like I just told you, me and God are cool. This is the ultimate test. 
When you put yourself in those shoes, you have to really think about it. Now, people try to use that in a way to like, you know, money coming, and now you're going to have a bit.ly in your garage next day. No, no, no. The promise was this. You give to the man of God, and every single time you go in the refrigerator and look for a sandwich, guess what's going to be there? I know that's your last. And what did the Bible say? Every single time she went in there and they're covered. I cannot believe it. There was food for her and her baby for days. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are promises that are connected to God's giving. Amen? So here's the summary, and I'm done. Give to the church, yes. Give to the church that you are being fed from, yes. Amen? Give to the institution online, wherever you are. Give to the folks that are feeding you and, and promoting your spiritual growth. Amen? Where you're receiving, you know, um, fellowship and you're becoming more and more like Jesus. But we don't stop there. Okay? When the Holy Spirit tells you to give to somebody, all you're really doing is worshiping God. Think about it. Okay? And at the same time that you're worshiping God, God is receiving your worship, telling you you smell good, and adding some kind of credit to your account that you can't even see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, so when the next time somebody comes and says, now, now we want to follow the Holy Spirit, okay? Everything must be spirit-led. We want to get in tune with the Lord and be like, Lord, is this what you want me to intervene in? Okay, but nine times out of ten people, we're really dealing with our own selfishness. We're really dealing with our own fear. We're really dealing with, you know, this is not just the greatest time for me. I can't really enter into your present difficulty. Because, you know, I'm going through. And Jesus is saying to all of us, listen, just like the Romans act like Romans in a completely different colony, Christians act like Christians in Jesus Christ, even though we're dealing with hard times. Even though it may be inconvenient. And never forget, the blessings are not just up there, as I said, you don't know when it's going to be your turn. And on this planet, if you ain't had a turn yet, you will get it. Trust me, I watched God lead me through my fear, push me to keep going forward, made me call them back to make sure that I did not miss out on blessing somebody else. Because he knew that in just a little bit of time, I was going to need a blessing myself that money couldn't even fix. How you hearing me? All right. Giving. Amen. Worshiping while giving. I'm done. Amen.